Hey guys, this is Austin Reese with Reese's Rare Comics, and you're about to have a great time with We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello everybody and welcome to episode 181 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Samator. We're going back to back tonight. So, yes, we 100% like canceled all of our interviews. We said that, but rules were meant to be broken. And, Very uh, true. And uh, we wanted to still do this really, really special one to us because, um, quite frankly, it was an interview where if we were going to test doing any interview with all three of us over the phone as opposed to Sam and I in studio, this was a perfect one because we had an, a subject matter who was like the nicest dude possible. And I think that he would have been super cool if we had any technical difficulties. So just want to thank Austin Reese from Reese's Rare Comics for joining the show. Just like an hour ago, we got done the interview like 10 minutes ago. So uh, you're going to hear that coming soon. Yeah, Austin's literally one of the nicest, coolest dudes around. I think I met him through Instagram and, you know, through Dom and stuff like that. And and then going to Comic-Cons, like I, I say and mentioned in the interview that, He's got like the, but you can't miss their, their station. Like their wall is gorgeous and and he's just the nicest guy. Yeah. So that's again, Austin Reese from Reese's Rare Comics. You can find them on Instagram or reesecomics.com. We have an interview with him. It's about 40 minutes long. We talk a ton about comic books. We talk a lot about skateboarding and the Washington DC sports scene. And Video games. I, I try to make fun of him for Bryce Harper, but at the same time, the Nats won a World Series. And then, yeah, we talk a lot about video games and collecting and just a lot of really cool topics. We kind of covered the gamut. No matter what you like, you'll find something in yeah, this Yeah, we had interview. a lot of fun. Music, ton of music talk. So uh, Sam learned what a guilty pleasure was. So that's good. Dude, like, honestly, like, I just a song. Like, I, I don't all my music. Like, I'm, I'm up front with everything. Like, I, I don't. It's just like one I of those to, songs where, like, a guilty pleasure song. It's just like if it comes on, you don't change it, even though you know you should. It's one of those, just like a cheesy song. Um, so yeah, that that episode is going to drop on Monday. It's uh, right now we're recording on Wednesday, April eighth. This is dropping on Friday, April tenth, my dad's birthday. So that makes Saturday the eleventh, Easter Sunday the twelfth. So you're going to get Easter Monday, April thirteenth is when we're going to drop the Austin Reese interview. So if you're interested in comics, if you're interested in collecting, interested in gaming, um, like I said, skateboarding, there's something in here for you. Uh, We're super excited to bring you that bonus episode for Reese's Rare Comics. And it was a lot of fun to do. You know, as a non-comic guy, for me, I still had a shit ton of fun. Oh, yeah. I I knew we would. Like like I said, I knew we would have... You know, between skateboarding and all that stuff, I knew it would be great. And also, just get my birthday, damn it. You hit everyone's birthday but mine. <laughs> my bad. Sam's birthday Saturday. It's damn. April 11th. It's the day after my dad's. Yada, yada. Move on. You're 31. No one cares. Yeah, so, dude, 31 is a useless age. Quarantined. Just that's, another day. That's literally the age I am now. And I can tell you from experience, it's not going to be anything special. Oh, dude, I believe you. I'm just saying it, it's just Saturday to me being quarantined. Another day. You're you're gonna get a little bit fatter and a little dude, bit I, yo, like I said before, I got the home gym. I've actually probably I'm in pretty good shape now. <laughs> I'm I just in, gotta be quarantined. I can't leave. So what else I have to do something to pass the time? I'm in a shape. It's definitely a shape. <laughs> well, just, that's good. I, that's I good. don't know what shape. It's just a shape. I look in the mirror and I'm often like where did Wait, where did I go? Wait, like where what is was that movie? What was that animated movie? The big the white thing that like poked the stomach. Big Hero Six. 
That's it. <laughs> like, I'm not that fucking fat, Sam. <laughs> I, I was kidding. I was just thinking of the rough I'm I'm more, like, just really chubby than fat, yeah. if that makes yeah, sense. You're not fat, man. You know I'm just teasing. No, I'm fucking fat. I'm just not, like, just, like. <laughs> you're big boned. Like, Come I on. can fit through a door. But like it's not comfortable. No, I'm just uh, I'm just kidding. So we got a big show for you tonight. Episode 181. We're going to start with our picks of the week. We're going to go to trivia where it is two for me. 0.5 for Sam in our race to 11 win by two. I told Sam before the episode that my question for him is hard and I apologize. So I actually hope he gets it right with no answers. But if he needs the answers, I actually hope he gets it right tonight because I did him dirty because uh, it's not something he probably knows. So I do apologize. He'll take over after trivia for gaming, where we have the Final Fantasy VII remake review, a top three that lies in gaming there. Uh, Google's doing something pretty cool before I take back over in movies. Then we have TV, some music stories where a lot of our favorite artists are dropping new music. And then uh, we'll hit uh, some some WrestleMania with a recap of WrestleMania, the two-night event. Uh, Lego kind of unveiled a pretty cool thing with Nintendo. We meant to... to report on it like three weeks ago when it dropped we just forgot it was in the rundown i just skipped it by accident so we'll talk more about that before sam takes over with his cgc spotlight and then we will get on out of here so a big show tonight a fun show i'm looking forward to it and what i'm looking forward to first is sam your pick of the week finally got around to seeing this never even told you i bought it i was kind of sitting on it for a little bit i finally saw bleach the live action movie Jesus Christ, it's been a long time. It came out in 2018. I believe it's on Netflix, but I just bought it on DVD and just had it because, I don't know, I like to own that stuff. It's um, not even I, Blu-ray? You bought a DVD? It wasn't. I didn't see it on Blu-ray. I mean, if I do it down the road, I'll, I'll pick it up, of course. But I, I just wanted to see it because I really love the anime Bleach. Like, I, I know it's based on the manga. I mean, I guess the anime, too, but I know from the anime all the 500 episodes I watched. Um, I, I actually like this a lot more than I thought. I was actually talking to one of my... Uh, comic book theme of well, guys uh blake about it. he said he wasn't a fan of this um he wasn't a fan of um death note either i was like actually i like Death Note. besides that classroom scene the death me, note me, live me, action was trash See, you didn't I, I thought it was good besides that classroom scene like I, I i think it was just because of william defoe i think that's what redeemed that from for me like don't get me wrong it's not i like at all i like william defoe but it didn't redeem it for me it was just like oh cool something that i can stand like that's all that was yeah to me. i mean I, I think it's something like in japan like the way they do these action scenes of like sword fighting like it, it was definitely reminiscent of Roni kenshin like that's still the best live action i think i've ever seen was Roni kenshin you can see they did that here that's like it's a little bit different action than we do over here. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just, it's just a little bit different. But, I mean, to me, for this, if you were a fan of the anime, I think it deserves at least a, a watch. I mean, they make the, uh, you know, like the, um, <clears throat> the freaking bad guys. I can't remember what they're called right now. Um, like, they're Soul Reapers, so they're trying to, you know, uh, get these spirits to kill them. And he gets his powers from Rukia because she loses her powers. And it's just like the anime, the manga, where... You get Ichigo versus the Renji fight, which is actually really cool. You get to see his sword kind of do what it does in like the anime, and it's, it's pretty. You know, don't get me wrong; it's not the greatest graphics. Of course, they didn't have a bunch of money, but for what with the budget they had, I thought they did pretty good. They made a bunch of money. Rumored to be a sequel, and they said that if they if if it does get greenlit, they're just going to continue the anime and keep going, which I think is pretty cool. So we'll see if that keeps happening. Of course, we'll mention it here if if that does get. But Bleach. I believe it's on Netflix. Check it out. Live action. I probably, I mean, I like bleach. I like the anime. 
Is it you? So it's live action though. Is it uh? Is like no, a hi- no, it, is it, it, it is, but like the way I, I'm thinking, like is it like I a hybrid like, of like live action and CG type deal? Oh yeah, yeah. You're, the, the monsters are definitely CG. Well, no. Um, sh- I, yeah, I, I just feel like you you would have to like you you might have to already see the anime or love the books. Like if you like never saw the anime or like never saw the anime, never read the books, like. I, I don't think this is the movie for you, but if you're an anime, if you're a Bleach fan, I, I, I think you have you, you deserve to see this film. I'm gonna go back to the music realm for my pick of the week this week. Um, I love getting into new bands, and recently, I would say semi recently, a couple months ago, when you're done playing whatever band on Spotify, it just kind of goes to something else that's in the same genre, and I got caught up in that. I was playing, I think, Bearings. Uh, maybe it was a will away. I can't remember. And it was over and I was like doing work. So I just kind of got caught up and wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden this new thing started playing and I looked over, I was like, this is not that, um, what happened? So I looked down at the band and I was like, okay, I like it. It's good. And I kind of put it away and forgot about it. And then it happened again. And the exact same song happened again, like, a week or two ago when I was scraping my popcorn ceiling. I think it was this past Saturday, scraping oh, my popcorn ceiling. Stuff. And it just came on and I was like, oh my God. And so I was super psyched on it. And um from there I started listening to the record over and 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 over. And I've realized that where has this band been my whole life? The band is called Hot Mulligan. Um interesting know, name. Yeah. So they're Never kind heard of, of they're kind of an interesting band. They are Getting insanely popular, insanely quick uh, in like the pop punk with an attitude scene. Imagine it's like this silky smooth guitar, um, really catchy kind of pop hooks. But then he starts singing. I want you to imagine if Max Bemis sang for Dance Gavin Dance. And that's kind of what he sounds like. It's just it's really it's really weird. And it's an acquired taste. It's not like bad and it's not like the front bottoms where he's clearly not a good singer but you kind of just like it or hate it it's Sorry, no. it's like a very aggressive singing style but it yeah. it hooks you in because the music is so much fun and they released a record on march 6th called you'll be fine uh, and that is the actual official pick of the week is the album you'll be fine by hot mulligan it released march 6 2020 it's my favorite album of 2020 so far Wow, huge words. If we did a top three, it would rank as my number one. Now, we know That's Bearings We know Bearings is coming out with a new record. We know A Will Away is going to drop new music. We know that Ace is going to drop stuff. We know that Newfound Glory is dropping a record in May. So it's going to have competition. But at this yeah. time, right now, my favorite record of 2020, I will recommend two songs off of it. And it's ironically tracks one and two. OG Blue Sky is the first track off the record. And my favorite is called Equip Sunglasses. It's so weird and so good. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I sent it to a friend this morning. And when I got his stamp of approval, I was like, all right, good. I'm not crazy. Somebody else <laughs> likes this shit. Uh, so that's where I would go. My pick of the week. The band is Hot Mulligan. The record is You'll Be Fine. So we go into trivia. It is two for me. 0.5 for you in our race to 11. Win by two. All right. We got an initial D question. Oh, so my God. Right up your alley. What is Akina's racing team called? The uh, the Akina Speed Stars. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I actually can name them all still, I think. 
Uh, I was either that, Red Sons, Project D, and Night Kids. Yeah, the Miyogi Night Kids. Project D is the team that the Takahashi brothers put together to be the best in the circuit. And the uh, Akagi Red Sons. Yeah, sir. Yeah. And then there's the uh, all the guys that drive Lancers. I can't remember what they're called. Um, yeah, I don't remember. I, I just knew, like, I was like, Greg knows initial B. I was like, let's just test his knowledge. So, oh, my God. Because still know it. Yeah, dude. Expert two uphill wet. Let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So my question for you is wrestling related. It's WWF. Maybe it's E. I think they were. Dude, I, when people say that, dude, it's all one to me. Like it all merges to one. I can't. I I can't distinct the fact that it when it's different. What F and E? But no, like I, it, it's like all the errors. It's just one to me. Like I can't even like separate them. But but continue. Gotcha. Okay. So I was gonna say it's post Attitude Era, which is the where we all watched. So that's kind of a hint in itself. The Attitude Era ended in WrestleMania 17. So there's my hint to you. It's post. Attitude Era, and the Attitude Era ended at the end of WrestleMania X7. So as you remember that and go through this question, please do. What WrestleMania did Donald Trump win a – well, not win a match. Had Bobby Lashley beat Umaga to be able to shave Vince McMahon's head? I need the answers. Is it 23, 24, 25, or 26? You have a 25% shot year over year. It's the best. 23. Yes. Uh, it, it, was, it was a guess. I'm not even going to be honest. Like, you're, I'm going to be honest. I'm not even going to be honest. I Googled the shit out of it, and it was a guess. If I could Google that fast, I'd be impressed. Yeah, so WrestleMania uh, 23, Donald Trump horribly, by the way, took the worst Stone Cold Stunner. It was a good stunner. He just did not sell it. Uh, Didn't he fight Vince McMahon or something? So he got Bobby Lashley to be in his corner while Vince McMahon got Umaga to be in his corner. Bobby Lashley and Umaga wrestled and the loser of the match that, that billionaire had to get his head shaved. Uh, Oh, okay. Donald Trump, Trump did a freaking spot where he clotheslined. I think it was Vince. I can't remember, but he like dropped a clothesline. It was awful. And then he got stunned by Austin at the end. And, uh, he just didn't even sell it. It was so weird to watch. Oh, that sucks. But I just watched this recap of 23, and I was like, oh, I got to. It's like the first thing that popped in my head when I was thinking of trivia questions because, I, I honestly, your trivia question came not that long ago. So, uh, but yeah, we both, It was almost a year question. But we both got it right. We both got it right. It is three for me and one for Sam. So I gain a half a point, uh, but I'm up by two points as we race to 11. Win by two. Sam, take it over. And I'll start in the gaming space, and we got a huge review, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Here is the review for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. It sucks. Lies. I won't believe it. I played the demo. I won't believe it. (laughs) Uh, The expectations around Final Fantasy VII Remake are sky high, and it mostly manages to deliver. Its combat is top-notch. Its enemy variety kept me constantly entertained, and seeing this snippet of the story fleshed out with real emotional arcs and the previously hidden humanity behind Midgar filled me with pure joy. The boring RPG filler and Kingdom Hearts-esque convolution that was inserted between uh, did not stop my ear-to-ear grin from being constant, but never long enough to kill the mood completely. 
That leaves this remake as one of that still delivers on letting me relive a classic in stupendous fashion while also being a great RPG all on its own. Yeah, I believe you said it was Edo, right? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, and then real quick, Amazon, I believe I sent you this text this morning. They updated my delivery date to April 14th. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. And they hopefully just still get it. And they just updated about 10,000 more to June 1st. So hopefully you're. Did, did they? Oh, no, God, I'm just please, kidding. No. Oh, God. Don't, don't ever scare me like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but no. if, if it doesn't, you could just cancel it and buy it digitally like a man. Oh, I, I just know. I need a physical <laughs> copy. I'm sorry. And our top three tonight will be the t- our top three favorite remakes, whether it's games, TV, music, whatever. You want to lead it or you want me to take it off? No, nah, I'll lead it off. So I went with, uh, I started the list with a movie. Um, I had a caveat and I kept it to scenarios where I've only seen or played the original as well as the remake. It had okay, I like that. that. I like that. Um, because I'm just, I never do this, but I would just say I never saw whatever movie The Departed was a remake of. But if I did, that would have yeah. been on my list. Same, same here. So I kept it off for that reason. So um, same my number three is Ocean's Eleven, um, the remake of Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. I, Yo, you know it's funny. It was on FX a couple days ago. I watched it. I do like it. it, it that's a guilty pleasure movie for me. I think it's just good. I don't even know if it like if it needs. Well, to- maybe the third one might have been like the first two were like I liked the first one was really good. I thought the second one was okay. Third, I was like, eh. see, I hate twelve and thirteen. I'm just an eleven guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually had Ashley watch it with me recently. I think maybe three to four weeks ago. We just. I was like, do you want to watch Ocean's Eleven? Because she kept seeing like Ocean's Eight and and we never yeah. watched it. But I was like, well, you would like Eleven, I think. Heist movie, this, that, you know, the George Clooney, Brad Pitt. Like, how can you not, you know? And so we rewatched it. And I've always really liked it. But watching it again, like that plot, when you don't know what's happening, I yeah. was like, holy shit. Because I, I don't remember the original. Dude, and, and that that cast list is bananas it is dude and and you, so, you get bernie mac andy garcia like I, you get it, don cheadle get you get don cheadle yeah. you get casey affleck you get scott Kahn. scott i was gonna say the other guy from ready to rumble so you get like a lot of guys <laughs> in that movie that go on 60 seconds you know who you know who else is in there for like a hot second topher grace is in it. oh he is he does have a small role and he's and they call him topher like it's him playing oh, himself did you say did you say matt damon matt damon's in it too so yeah, yeah, how yeah. can we forget about him so like a really good cast, a really good premise. Julia Roberts just kills yeah. it. So um, I love, yeah, good choice, good choice. Love the remake. I I thought about it. I went with the 2012 remake of Dread with Carl Urban. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I know. Uh, I am the raw. That's the yeah, that, you know, that's that, the Stallone version. Yeah, that's the, that's the '95 Stallone version, and you know the you know the Rob Schneider. You know I am the law. You know he has that, but. Carl Urban was fantastic. He never took the helmet off. Obviously, Sloan had his helmet off half the damn movie. Lena Headey is the bad guy. If you haven't seen Dread from 2012 with Carl Urban, like I know they said they might be getting a TV show. I'm still praying we get a sequel because I just thought that movie was so good. I forgot Lena Headey was in that. She's really good. Yep, she's a badass. She was, what's that, 2012? That's that game season two, maybe? Season two of Game yeah. of Thrones, so she was Probably, just yeah. she was just gaining popularity. Yeah, 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 she was just blowing up. Yep. Yeah, uh, my next one is a video game. My number two, and I talked about it on my top three last week, but I only chose one game from it to be on my list. This time, I get to talk about the entire remake, and that is for the Super Nintendo Super Mario All Stars. Uh, 
Nice. Not only did it take Mario 1, Mario 2 US, the Japanese Mario 2, and turn it into the Lost Levels, and Mario 3, but they also released a version that included Super Mario World. So if you had the cart that is Super Mario All-Stars and Super Mario World, you have five of the greatest platformers of all time remade in gorgeous 16-bit style. Obviously, the Super Mario World is already in 16-bit, so that's less of a throw-in than a remake, but you're rebuilding Mario 1, both Mario 2s, and Mario 3 in Super Nintendo graphics, which are still my favorite graphics. The 16-bit style is my favorite of any graphical style, including today's graphics. I love sprite work, so... Uh, that to me, that's why I have our logo for this podcast in 16 bit. Yeah. So that to me is, it's the most gorgeous game. It's the most fun. You know, I'm a Mario whore and to play five of my favorite games in one sitting and just to be able to hit the select button to go back to the homepage. Perfectly done. Love it. Super Mario all-stars for the super NES. That's awesome. My number two, a 1993 film homeward bound the incredible journey. Yeah, man. And Homeward Bound 2, shout out to San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, th- this was 93, Michael J. Fox, Sally Field. The only reason I picked this, my my dad back in the day made me watch the Disney 60, I think it came on 63, I believe, which was Disney's like animal endangerment, endangerment film, which I, it, it, I don't know if it was just maybe just before my time, but for whatever Homeward Bound, I connected. I actually re- recently rewatched it, almost my pick of the week. I still can. I still shed a tear at that damn scene. We know what one you're, we know what one you're talking. About. I, I I don't only want to get into it. Just Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, 1993. It's fantastic. Shout out to my friends Rob and Jeff, as we have a very very long standing inside joke about Homeward Bound, and when they listen to this, they'll get it. Uh, so Homeward Bound, great pick. My number one. After zero deliberation, because it was literally the easiest call I've ever made for any top three we've ever done, is the remake, Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't expect that. Pokemon Fire Red is my favorite Pokemon game of all time. Um, And so how could this not be, you know, up there? Pokemon, my favorite franchise outside of maybe Mario. Um, but Fire Red took everything I loved about Generation 1 and just completely made it gorgeous. It took out a lot of the bullshit that that's, that Gen 1 introduced in the Game Boy games, a lot of the really bad glitches and the psychic typing and all the just the pretty weird decisions turned it into a Game Boy Advance game, which just looked gorgeous. The music redone in 16-bit style looked or sounded absolutely awesome awesome to hear all those canto tunes some of my favorite music in the series to this day uh comes from fire red and leaf green and to be able to play it on the game boy advance sp which is probably my favorite nintendo handheld um just a lot of memories come back from playing fire red i now i don't own fire red now i actually own leaf green so i made my way through leaf green for the first time and i actually forgot about the sevi islands which is an add-on that they put in the game so not only are oh, you pl- cool. playing the Generation 1 games? You can go to a separate island called the Sevi Islands, which I believe encompasses seven different islands that you can go visit. So, just And you can still get them. like you know They're still out there, right? Like the Fire Reds? Fire Red and Leaf Green usually go for $35, $40. So about, they all pick that up. Yeah, about what they went for back when we were kids. Now, you with a 3DS can't play it. You, oh, you only have a Nintendo DS and 3DS slot. You would need an original DS a DSi or DS Lite, I can't remember, 
or an advance or advance SP or something like that. I got if, you. If you do ever get it, and you, I, I'll just let you borrow my Game Boy Advance. Like you can just borrow it for however long you want. You live around the corner. I trust you. Yeah, that, that, that is very true. Yeah, my number one shouldn't be a surprise. Two thousand six film Casino Royale. I, I I said I believe what last podcast pod, podcast before that that it's my favorite Bond film of all time. Um, I have the complete collection from all of them, from Connery to the whole crew down the line. I even saw the 1967, you know, it was called Casino Royale. It was more of a comedy and it sucked. So thankfully they redid this in 06 and, and Daniel Craig actually was, was, I thought it was a fantastic bond. Casino Royale is, is still like that poker scene is still, I think that one of the best poker scenes in film. Yes. I am going to make that statement just because I thought the stakes were that high. So Casino Royale, 2006, Daniel Craig. Wow. Um, I, I actually didn't expect that. Really? I dude, I, I rave about like I, I rave to you. I know you, you didn't love it as much as I did, but for whatever reason, dude, Casino Royale just hit for me. Shout out to our uh, at least my boy. I think you like this movie, but shout out to True Grit. Mm, I just thought it was okay. I like the remake more than the original. And for me, Westerns, I generally like the old school westerns, like so it was tough for me to like oh, this one a little bit more. Oh, you you know what also could have been on the list? You just reminded me. Three ten to Yuma. Yeah. Yeah, that was on like, a lot of the the. I love the I love the old western because my dad used to. That's how I got it. And then this movie with obviously Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. Yeah. That 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 should probably should have been on my list. You can bump yeah. something if you want to put it on there. I'm just trying to. You I bumped just, the, the re- fucking I, dog movie. I mean, I think that's probably what I would do, but I just I recently saw it and it's it still hits home and it still holds up because you're a dog guy. I get it. Yeah, yeah, it, it hits home for me. But now introducing the DualSense PS5 controller. Before I go into like the specs of it and stuff like that, I actually want to kick it to you since you're the resident PlayStation guy. What did you think when you saw it? The, the first thing, I love the color. Like, yeah, I, man, I, I me love too. like like you, like even if, like a lot of people don't wear white. I actually like wear white shirts or like just like giving a reason why why I like just the color white. But don't get me wrong, you're seeing all the. The memes out there of Mario, I like it seen in black. I, you know, it, I, I think it's actually, it grew on me. After kind of looking at it and reading the specs, I'm really excited. Yeah, this, I actually really, really like this controller a lot um, from a visual standpoint. Like, I think it looks gorgeous. I love the color scheme. A little fun fact, it's the first ever PlayStation controller that has multiple colors. Um, but I, sure. I, I love the way it looks. I like white like appliances i always dude, have dude i wanted to buy the white ps4 like i know stick has it like our boy ryan i, I thought it just looks clean looks sleek yeah i have a white ps4 controller for my uncharted one my ipad my phones they're white my xbox series x is white or sorry series s is white like i bought the white 360 now granted the 360 that was white was stock and it was more matte so when they came out with the black one i, I went for that one because it was got that that gloss finish but at the same time, I just I like that color. It's a cool color for like an appliance. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I think the color is gorgeous. I think the four face buttons, the triangle, circle, X, and square. Um, I think they look gorgeous. They're kind of like they're kind of gloss, um, yeah. shiny, but like they're simple. They're just really simple. It's just a white face with a black uh, symbol. It doesn't have like the four different colors like it normally does. Um, red red green yellow blue, yeah, yeah. or something like that i can't remember but just like 
thought that was great. Um, the, the, I guess functionality is cool. I'll pull that up now. What'd you think of the, the functions of this controller? I mean, I, I think it's better than what they gave us in the PS4. I just hope that battery life lasts a little bit longer. I know for the PS4, they don't last too good. Um, I mean, I, just, I don't mind that it's still a rechargeable controller. I still like that, but. I have a feeling it, it will. Well, of course, it's going to be a wireless controller and recharge, but the, I have a feeling the battery life is going to be significantly better than it was on the PS4. It's got a USB-C port, so I think like that alone is is almost yeah, like yeah. going to make it kind of not like I guess maybe worth it is the right word. Um, so really psyched on that. And it, it's got a headphone jack. It's got a built-in microphone, so you can do some like basic party chat. That's pretty new in a controller. And somebody reached out on Instagram, shout out to Oso Asian, um, and he said, oh, "Hey, Sam, yeah." And he said, "What is the difference with this?" So I went back and I just like looked through all the things that were different about it, and just kind of went through them. And I was like, "Well, number one, it's got haptic feedback, which is like your phone vibration." It's it's kind of got a variety. It doesn't just buzz. It yeah, vibrates. It's not just the same buzz. Yep. yep. It, it vibrates based on what's happening in the game at a at like different frequencies. It's going to have shoulder buttons, the L two R two R L one R one that actually adjust to whatever game you're playing. For example, they'll be harder to press if you're let's say doing a bow and arrow. Um, so like pr- awesome. programmers can almost like map that into the controller, which is cool. The light bar on the top of the PS4 controller is now built into the touchpad on the sides. Um, the touchpad's a little bit bigger. They got rid of the share button and added a create button. So it's got a little bit more functionality. Um, it's still dual stick, um, like side-by-side dual stick as opposed to that little bit of off-kilter in the other controllers. GameCube, Xbox has done it forever, Dreamcast, where the two analog sticks... I'm sorry, Dreamcast only had one analog stick, but... The analog sticks where one's a little higher than the other. They're not right next to each other. Um, I know you're used to playing it that way, so I know that yeah. you'll prefer it that way. But a lot of folks... Yeah, it's just what I'm used to. Yeah, a lot of folks actually, myself included, prefer them a little bit off. I just like... It's just like the way my thumbs work. When they're next to each other, I almost feel like I'm going to break the controller a little bit. Um, and for like a game like Twin Breaker, when I'm playing... When I'm using both sticks at one time, especially as frantically as you are... It almost feels like my thumbs bash into each other because I'm going left and right at the same time. So like I can, yeah, I, can see that. I can see that a little bit, and I wish they did something there. But at the same time, it is vintage PlayStation to have them right next to each other. So at least you get that back, and it's a little bigger, so it's going to fit in your hands a little bit better. Yeah, and that's like like I think the most I saw like oh finally I can actually play PlayStation again. They actually made a paddle that can fit me. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, we have pictures of it on all of our social media, our uh, Facebook, our Instagram. Um, our Twitter, even our Twitters. So we have it there as well. So if you want to take a look at it for some reason, if you haven't seen it yet, go ahead and take a look at it. My only downfall with this controller is this, and it was the same for PS4, PS3, PS2, PS1. It's been the same forever. I don't think their D pads are good at all because it's four individual buttons as opposed to that cross of left, right, up and down. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can see what you're saying. A lot of people are used to it by now, myself included. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I've played PlayStation a billion times. I'm used to it. I just prefer a D-pad that, like, I hate the Switch's D-pad because the Switch's D-pad is just four buttons and they're up, down, left, right. I wish it was like that 
the cross looking thing where you actually can yeah. feel it and run your thumb over the whole thing and never lift up. I prefer that D-pad, the old, you know, Super Nintendo NES N64 D-pad. Even the GameCube had a D-pad. So I like that a lot, but it's a, it's an overall really solid controller. Now, what do you think? You think there's going to be a $60 controller? I think they're always going to be at least 60. This isn't like elite or anything like that. It's yeah. not going to have any other functionality. It's going to be the base controller you get with the console. So it's going to be a $60 standalone item. Um, I mean, maybe in this new world, it'll go to 65 or 70 just based on all the things it can do. Hell, the Joy-Con are 80 for a pair. Yeah, so I, I don't know if this will be 60, but it'll be whatever the standard price is. It's not going to be like the Xbox One Elite controller that goes for 150, 180, 200, 200 plus. So, yeah. you know, I I like this. I can see a lot of cool color variations with this. Um, oh, hell yeah. So I think I saw a Pikachu. Someone made a a goddamn Star Wars character, a stormtrooper. I was cracking up. Yeah, this is yeah. false logic. He said, and he said, be sure not to play any shooters with this because you'll miss. It was it was pretty good. <laughs> great, pretty, that's a great joke. It was pretty good. I can see Sony. So because it's a little bit bigger than what we're used to, and it's got a little bit more room on the handles, I think this lends to a little bit more customization for games. Like Xbox's controllers have always been a little bit bigger. So you could make a Call of Duty controller or a Gears of War controller and it felt like you had that paddle in your hand. Like on the grips where you actually hold it, the things you hold in your palms, that's where the game logos would be. But PlayStation's always had kind of short, stubby uh, grips. So now with it a little bit longer, the the two ends of it are a little bit longer, they can finally pop some sweet logos on there and you can really feel the customization of these controllers taking off in the future. So I'm excited about that. And and I, I do love that. It still says release date, holiday 2020. Yeah, I, I you know, I'll believe Not it until on. I don't believe it anymore. I, 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 hear you. I just can't get behind yeah. this thing. If it does release, it's just going to be so hard to find. I know mean, we say it every no, week. No, no, dude, you're, you're right. And and if hopefully, you know, GameStop is still open, that if it is, then I'm, I'm going to try to get it there just so I get that, you know, the three-year warranty. For the love of God, you can get warranties anywhere. Stop shopping at that place. That place sucks. <laughs> you can get yeah. a fucking warranty anywhere. No, you're right. Go right. somewhere that deserves your money. Go to Game Junkie. Go to yeah, yeah. I'm, that's how, how many copies are they even going to get? Target. Go so, somewhere no, else. Right. I, I, I can look around as long as, long as they got a, a cheap warranty that I don't have to pay you know too much. You know, part, part of my language, but fuck you, GameStop. <laughs> there you go now let's get inside that xbox recap i was super psyched because they had an xbox inside xbox presentation and they like announced that ahead of time they said it's going to be 40 minutes focused on games and i'm like they're finally doing it they're going to stop with the boring bullshit talking and tech crap that no one cares about these awful yeah, you were hyped about this. i was hyped because they were going to focus on games i thought yeah. they were going to learn from the state of play and the nintendo direct and just stop with like the 10 minute interview with the developer that nobody wants to fucking watch. We just want to watch the gameplay. We just want to watch a trailer. Go give us some world premieres of what's coming to your consoles. Show us the damn console again, do something, but it disappointed. And it was just, they said it was going to be grounded gears, tactics, uh, something else and sea of thieves. And that's exactly what it was. There was no surprises. There was no real big reveals, no world premieres, a bunch of bullshit conversation that nobody cared about. And I fast forwarded most of it because it was so boring. Sam, you didn't miss anything. No. And I, I guess it speaks volumes because you know, that PS five controller dropped right before that 45 minutes. In fact, 
unfortunate. Then, then that happened. And then all that I've seen is the PS5 controller. I haven't heard anyone say anything about that Xbox recap. And neither have I. And it's because Xbox had another opportunity to get with the fucking times. Yeah. And they didn't. They did another really boring, like, news show. It almost felt like I was watching the news. It was really bad. And I, That's a shame. I have faith that they're going to kill their E3 digital presentation. And I'm assuming that's what they're saving it all for. Hey, listen, we're going to give you this 40 minute conversation about these four games that we, we are excited about that you're excited about. And grounded looks awesome. Like I'm super psyched on it. You're a little tiny person. You get shrunk down in your yard and you got to like make it home. Like it's pretty cool. Um, but at the same time, they probably said, let's just get it out of the way. We'll talk about these four games that way. Come E3. We don't have to, and we can yeah. focus on the new stuff. Like that's the only saving grace that I have is that they're going to blow it out of the water at E3 with all these new game they, announcements. They need to. They I shouldn't say to. at E3. There is no more E3, but you know what I mean? At yeah. their digital event in June, um, they're going to blow it out with games. If they don't, and if it's more just this, and this is what the new digital Xbox is going to be, these inside Xbox presentations are going to continue to be crap, then I am losing complete faith in Xbox and even with Series X, probably going to be the more powerful console, even with Series X, with all the promise and functionality and how great Xbox Live is and the apps and all the things you can do, at the end of the day, I play a console for the games. So 100%. Um, that's where they're going to lose if they don't get it together from a marketing and, and advertising perspective. They they got it down pat with the backwards compatibility. Yep. Phil Spencer's the right guy to lead the team. But stop with the boring presentations of just talk, 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 talk. Like at least stop trying to get people hype and saying it's coming tomorrow, 40 minutes. That's what Nintendo does. Like yeah. coming tomorrow, 40 minutes on the new Nintendo Switch games coming in 2020. They don't sit around and do interviews for 25 minutes. They don't. They just go game, 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 yep. game. And I'm right like, I'm like hype overload. So yes. <laughs> that's it. You didn't miss anything. Good. But now some, some good news. Google Stadia being given away for free. All you need is a Gmail account. Too little, too late, but still very good. Um, hey, it can't be free. For all the, th- I think I think they're up to 18 people that play with Google Stadia now. Um, so, to, so to all two and a half dozen people that play on Google Stadia, like congrats for buying it. But right now you can get it for a month or two months for free. And you might say, well, with Stadia, you needed to buy it and get a controller for $120. No, you can actually use up to 38 different configurations of my mouse keyboarding controller. So you most likely already have the controller that's compatible. You just sign in with your Gmail account. You'll get the Stadia service free for two months, which gives you access to all the Stadia free games. With that being said, I have the list of games that are free right now if you want to do this. So if you want to just play some games, now granted, they're streamed and they won't be streamed in 4K, 1080 is the top resolution um, right now with the pandemic going on. But you can stream Destiny 2, which is a huge game. Grid, Guilt, SteamWorld Dig 2, which is a great game. SteamWorld Quest, uh, the Serious Sam Collection, Spitlings, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, and Thumper. Thumper's pretty fun. So a lot of like okay games, Destiny 2 being the standout. But if you never played Destiny and you wanted to get into the online raids and whatever story mode they have, this is your opportunity. Perfect time. Yeah. So yeah. Perfect time to jump. And you might say to yourself too, well, I already have Stadia. I'm one of the 18. What happens for me? If you already have Stadia, 
Um, they're actually just going to give you two months of service for free. You won't be billed for two oh, months. Good. They, they, had, they had to do something. So they're at least doing something for the current player base. Yeah. Do I think this is going to make an impact? Barely. And yeah. do I think that this is going to have a long-term plan of success? I think if they did this, doing it now is smart um, yeah, because agreed. it's what else are people doing? Yeah, we're around. Yep. But at the same time, the fact that you have to stream them and it takes a good internet connection to do that, yeah. there's a lot of this country that still doesn't have that, my friend. So it's still a tough sell. Yeah, it really is. So we're going to move away from the gaming space into movies for the evening. And I'm going to start with one of our uh, – I think it's only two. Yeah, I don't, no, th- three. Three movies uh, stories. I added a third before we went on the air. I'm going to start with that one so I don't forget because it's not in my pictures rundown. Is uh, on Hulu right now. They dropped Parasite. Oh, wow. I guess it's time for my uh, free 30 days. Dude, I am doing it tonight. I am watching yeah, it I, as I'm I edit this. A, I'm literally making a note right now. Download Hulu for free. Yeah, and you can get you can get Parasite. It's on Hulu right now. So I just wanted to give that one really quick before we dive into the other two stories. Because the other two have some pretty significant uh, uh, changes coming to the world of Marvel and Disney. And the MCU released a whole shit ton of change dates for Phase Four. Yeah, they did. Oh, I mean, still, still the but the best part is still no update on on uh, what you call it, New, New Mutants. Mutants. <laughs> it's never coming out, my friend. It's so funny, dude. I you know, when I saw that and it still said to be decided, for, dude, I cracked up. It's literally like eight movies with release dates, and at the bottom, it's like New Mutants. Uh, we to don't be know decided. yet. Yeah, oh, it's just so great, Sam. I'm telling you, I've said this for three years now. It's never coming out. Dude, it's never no, at, 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 at this point. Just give it to Disney. Just right now, everyone's home. You know, it wasn't crazy. And yes, you spent probably maybe 75 to $110 million on it. Throw it on Disney+. Plus. Everyone will watch it at home. Do that now. Uh, yeah, it's the only place it can get released. It's At this yeah, point, do it, do it now. they're not going to do a physical because nobody can go to a store. Um, it's yeah. never going to come to theaters ever. Theaters are going to – And I'm, cl- I'm, I'm sure they're having the meetings as we speak. AMC is probably going to be bankrupt by the time we come out of this. So the movie theater experience is going to be different by the time we can come back and see them. Yeah, I'm I'm a little nervous. I ain't going to lie. So at the same time, like, who the fuck needs New Mutants anyway? The movie's going to suck. So, yeah, if anybody's a longtime listener, you know I've said on this podcast roughly 55 to 60 times. Yeah, it's, it's, you definitely. If it comes anywhere, it. it's going to come to Disney Plus, but nobody will ever watch it in a theater. But we have a bunch of other changes. Black Widow will now be released on November 6th, 2020. And because of that, a lot of other movies have changed too. The Eternals is now moved to February 12th, 2021. Shang-Chi is now May 7th, 2021. Doctor Strange 2 is now set for November 5th, 2021. And this one hurts. Because it's the farthest off, but it's the one I'm arguably looking forward to most. Thor Love and Thunder will now be February 28th, 2022. Ouch. Yeah, that, that, that one definitely stings. Yeah, so. That, that stings the most. We're going to get. Mean, what's this? A year and a half almost from July 19th I mean, to Black I mean, Widow? Hopefully, you know, thankfully, at least we're getting Black Widow this year, at least. Because this would have been the first year since the MCU launched with no MCU movies. Yep. Because the last one we got is still far from home, am I right? I believe so. Which I think yeah. was July second. 
yeah, uh, yeah, came yeah. Out. Venom, Venom Two is not out yet. Yeah. So we're gonna go. Well, that's not even an MCU. That's just a Marvel movie. Yeah, true. So we're gonna go from Far From Home in July of nineteen to Black Widow November twenty twenty. That's the hiatus I was looking for. So yeah. like that's a year and a half off of Marvel. I feel better about seeing Black Widow in theaters now because I will have that break. Because yeah. like at the same, I just I was just over the superhero thing right now. I just kind of was in a after Endgame. I was like, what's next? I, yeah, after seeing it. twenty plus, you were like, you're a little exhausted. Yeah. So now like you have Eternals and Shang Chi things that I don't know a thing about that I'm super psyched for because it's not the same old, same old black widow. Yes. I've seen her since 2012 in movies. I don't need it anymore. Dr. Strange two. I will admit the first movie didn't win me over, but he killed it in infinity war and Endgame, So I'm happy for that. And the Thor movies have redeemed themselves since Ragnarok. So I'm looking forward to all the rest. I'm just still very much on the fence about black widow. Yeah. I mean, Hey, I still gotta say, yeah. So what I guess with phase four now being mostly 2021 is the big kickoff for phase four, at least for new movies, you know, black widow is probably going to be, it's a sequel or a prequel, I think. So how are you feeling having to wait another year or so before you get your hands on phase four? I mean, I I think like you, you said it, like you said it best, like we needed some time. Um, I don't, I don't think, you know, just like you, we're not going to have downy, like we needed a break, like DC and Marvel. So I I think this is, this, this is a good thing. Okay, wow. I, I'm I'm happy to hear you say it's a good thing, especially coming from a diehard comic guy who sees all well, I, the MCU movies in theaters. Okay, well, and of course, and I, I still will see all the DC, all the Marvels. I'll, I'll see everything, but at the same time, it's like you know, TV. Like you know, they're still writing, they're still getting their shows in order. Like I still think they're on schedule, like the Moon Knight and stuff like that. So like between that, I still got my DC shows that I watch. Like there's so many shows out right now, like. I don't mind a little bit. I don't mind a little break. Yeah, I think Moon Knight and stuff are still on track because they haven't started filming yet, so there wasn't ever a delay. And you can yeah, still you can still dude, write. Like, yeah, like and right now, like everyone is writing right now. So it's like they're fine tuning all these scripts. So it's like, you know, I, I think we're gonna get the best of the best. I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again. I said it on Twitter. If this pandemic is gonna bring any positivity into this world, it's the fact that number one, we are gonna get some of the greatest music albums in the history of music ever written. Dude, I, I, I agree. I say that between music, movies, TV shows, books, comics, I think now is going to be the best stories coming out I in think, the following year. I think video games are probably the least of all of that because, yes, you can write it and, yes, you can storyboard it, but it still takes that – you know, oh, the team that and all that yeah, grind. Yeah. I think that they could, they'll probably profit, we'll say, um, the least, at least like mentally. But I think like TV shows, like you said, we're going to get so many interesting books, which lead to TV shows and movies. That's where most freaking, yep. that's the source material for most movies and TV anyway. So I think this age, if we look back on it positively in any way, it's going to be the fact that there have been a lot of geniuses that were discovered during this. And I'm super yeah, psyched. I- a lot of people are going to get a lot of are going to get a big start in the world once it comes back. So, uh, looking forward to the world that we're going to live in when this is over. But the other movie story we have is Artemis Fowl will now release on Disney Plus as opposed to the theaters. And they also said that they're going to bring a bunch of other smaller theatrical releases, actually just moving them to Disney Plus. They didn't say which ones, but that's what Sam and I were alluding to earlier when we said New Mutants. It's not going to come out in theaters. It's going to be one of those smaller yeah. theatrical releases. And I think right now, do it now. You already what, pushed that movie back six, seven times. I that that's 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 the right move. Uh, it's the only move. I'll say it again. It's the yeah, only you're move. not wrong, Sam. Not wrong. Let's move into TV. Have you watched the premiere of Harley Quinn season two? 
I did. What'd you think? I, I dude, I really enjoyed it. They brought back, uh, well, for the first time, one of my favorite Batman villains. I won't even say unless they spoil in the review, but I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's this show's come 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 away. Yo, real quick, I'm gonna leave this in the pod. Um, so I'm scrolling through my photos to get to the review of Harley Quinn. What yeah. do I what do I pass in my photos? But something I forgot to put in the notes this week and put in the notes last week when I shouldn't, the review for the Modern Warfare 2 remastered campaign. Oh, you had it the whole time? I ha- no, I have it for this week and I forgot to put it in. Last week it wasn't out yet by the time we recorded, but I had it in the notes. This week oh, I forgot okay. to put it in the notes, but it's out. So I'm just over for 2. So I'm staying away from that game forever. So here's here's the review for Harley Quinn season two, episode one. If you weren't sold on the first season of Harley Quinn, the season two premiere probably won't change your mind. However, the series looks to be even stronger in its sophomore outing. The new status quo and stronger emphasis on Gotham's villains help create a darker tone while still delivering all the zany, deep cut DC humor fans could ask for. Season two may well exceed where Birds of Prey never quite did, exploring what happens when Harley sets out to become her own woman. Yeah, dude, that well said, Nino. Eight. Eight. I also that's solid. Nino. Yeah, based on the words, I would have thought Nino, but we got it. Dude, it, it, it was a strong season two, like you said before. It came what in a month and a half, super quick after season one came, and and it didn't dip in the quality at all. The voice cast was great, and I really enjoyed you know where they're going with the story. The executive producers of The Office are creating a new workplace comedy, but based on working from home. So, like the opposite of The Office. Yeah, I, I saw images of Steve Carell, and it, it looks funny. Yeah. Well, no, that's think, the Steve Carell show is different. Oh, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, this is. I'm going to actually uh, talk about that one in a minute. Oh God. Yeah. So that, looks, that looks great. So yeah, this one is. It's pretty cool. They're doing. Um, they. I don't know if they have a name for it, but it's about working from home, not the Space Force, which is going to be Steve Carell's new one coming up. But yeah. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot of that that Disney actually released on their, I think, like YouTube pages or something like that. They released Olaf singing about being home. So they're like doing a lot of home stuff now in the new world that we live in, which we're going to be living uh, in. I, I mean, I mean, why not? It, it was never done before, right? No, I don't. I mean, I think this is an untapped market, the work from yeah. home market. Um, <laughs> this, the Snowpiercer series on TNT is reviewing two weeks early on May 17th. And I think just because I love that movie so much, I think I'm going to give the show a shot, even though it's on TNT. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say, because I forgot yours, that you were going to forget my birthday. Oh, stop. May 17th? I know that's your birthday. Yeah, but you didn't mention it. So now I don't feel so bad for forgetting yours earlier. Well, well, well you're like, you're like your dad uh, the next day, you know, Good Sunday. I was like, <laughs> Easter you, Sunday. You hit, you, you hit Friday, skip Saturday, went to Sunday, hit Monday. I was like, this is so much. <laughs> <laughs> Investigation Discovery has greenlit a new series. It's called Investigating the Strange World of Joe Exotic that will dive oh even gosh. deeper into that fucking bitch Carol, uh, Carol Baskin, Doc Antle, and Jeff Lowe with a very, very deep dive into Don Lewis who was the second husband of Carol Baskin, who oh they believe God. she fed to the Tigers. Yeah, that's I, – I never even watched this show, and I already know like that just because of what everyone told me. It's all over Facebook. One day I'm sure I'll watch it. I, I think I actually did watch maybe 10 minutes at Maki's house, and boy, howdy, that's a weird one. It's so good. 
bro. Yeah, so maybe one day in life, but I'm just in no rush. You know what I mean? Everyone's hyped about it. I'll just, I'll just wait. And lastly, Steve Carell is back with another workplace comedy called Space Force. This one's coming to Netflix on May 29th. Oh, I, I didn't even know it was Netflix. Oh, that's even better. May 29th. Dude, the cast is stacked. John Malkovich, yeah. Ben Schwartz. Like, this is an incredibly stacked cast. Once I saw, once I saw Ben Schwartz, I was like, I'm in. Oh yeah, he, he I, I miss him from House of Lies. Like he, he, that was such a great show. So I actually can't wait to see this. For me, John Malkovich is the thing that sold it. He's one oh of my, my favorite I mean, like supporting actors in the world. I mean, dude, I didn't even need to say that it was Malkovich. It's just Malkovich. Yeah, that I watched last night. I watched uh, shockingly evil, vile, and whatever the Ted Bundy movie with oh, wow. Zac Efron, and he's yeah, in. Was and it, he's in it. Was it good? Uh, it wasn't as good as Hot Mulligan for my pick of the week, but it was actually really good. It was it was a good Ted Bundy movie. Like I know the story. Yeah, of course. I didn't know. I thought like everybody did. So as we're watching it, I said, "Hey, did you know he went to Temple?" And she was like, "No." And then I said, "Oh yeah, that was before X, Y, and Z." And she goes, "What?" And I was like, "How the fuck did you not know this?" And so yeah, I knew about it. And then in the movie, ten minutes later, something happens that of what I said, and I was like, "I'm sorry." Like, (laughs) sorry to bust your bubble. I didn't want to. I was like, I thought everybody knew that. You know, yeah. but yeah. And, and I like Zach Efron. Like I like him as an actor. So he did, I, I he did well. He did well. It's it's from the perspective of his longtime girlfriend, Liz. Um, okay. So it's he's like in it the most. Um, but it's kind of like a mental. Yeah. She stayed with him through all this. How could she not know that he was this guy type of deal? So it was like a different oh, okay. take on it. They actually snuck in some like actual archived footage. And then in the credits, they actually give you a lot of his real footage. So it was kind of sh- like haunting from that perspective, but it was oh, pretty good. Movie. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good movie. All right, let's move into uh, the music space. Three stories here. Will Pugh from cartel. We had him on the show. One of his only interviews in years, and we were lucky enough to do that. Check that yep. out in our feed. I still think it's one of our best interviews we've ever done. I agree. In that interview, he teased to us and we were the only people. It was like an exclusive break that uh, he was going to be doing a solo project. Well, guess what? This week, he announced it. The Torrids EP will be out April 10th on Bandcamp and dropping on social streaming services May 15th. What? That's awesome. What a little early birthday gift for me. Hell yeah, dude. And if my dad liked Cartel, it would be a birthday present <laughs> for him. <laughs> it would need to be more perfect for him. Um, so he he announced the That's first right, song, yes. Chaos, and that's available. Like a little snippet of it is available um, on his social medias, his Instagram. But I think Chaos as a single is released now by the time you're listening to this sh- this episode. So go check out Will Pugh from Cartel, his solo project, The Torrids EP, April 10th exclusively on Bandcamp and then streaming elsewhere on May 15th. So just in time for my birthday. So Bandcamp for your birthday, hey. everywhere else for mine. So Will knew that, I think. I think he uh, yeah. did that on purpose. Yeah, what a guy. Ace Enders, another friend of the podcast who we've had on before of the early November, I Can Make a Mess. He actually teased some new music too. Yeah, I feel like he's always teasing. Like, yeah, I worked on this project. I never released it. Oh, I, I got, I'm working on some stuff here. I'm like, hey, release it all. Come on. Yeah, and he's doing, uh, I think he said he's going to release like a new EP that he is recording. And it's, it's I think it's called Narrow Mouth, which is one of the names yeah, of it a, is. Yep. one of the names of a song off of Imbu from new, from uh, the early November. Yep. So a little bit of inside stuff there. He released a a 30-second snippet of a song called Cola. Or at least that was the word that was on the screen. Like (laughs) Coca-Cola. So it was a little weird there. But 
Good track. Super psyched on it. And lastly, Newfound Glory dropped a new single called Shook by Your Shaved Head. So that's coming off their new record coming out May 29th. Um, it get, again, we're getting back to that vintage Newfound Glory. Super psyched. Love Newfound Glory very much. Happy to have Newfound Glory, uh, Ascenders, and Will Pugh coming out with new music because there's been a ton of new music dropping over the past couple of weeks since this pandemic has hit. Yeah. And kind of quarantined us all. And like I said, dude, we're going to get some of the greatest music ever written coming out and of us. And I'm ready for it all. Every single song. Give it to me all. Go listen to Hot Mulligan. Sam, what's your CGC spotlight? CGC spotlight this week is Batman 92, the origin and first appearance of Ace the Bathound. I have that in a 5-5 off-white-to-white pages. Came out in June 1955, so it's still considered a Golden Age book. It's a Bill Finger and Dave Woods story. Sheldon Moldoff, Charles Paris, and Stan Kai Art. And a Win Mortimer cover. And obviously, I love Ace the Bathound. He wasn't really in Batman the Animated Series um, until later, until Batman Beyond. You kind of get into him there. But this is actually, it, it's a tough book to find. I got a 5-5. The last sale in a 5.5 came in 2018 at 885. So obviously I would say this book is worth over a thousand now just because there's there's not many graded. There's only 129 total blue labels graded. There's only 194, 290s, 385s, and then there's six five fives and there's five O's, there's eleven on the CDC census. So there's not many. I'm always looking to upgrade this book. It's again, it's just a tough book to find. And but if I don't find it, this will this will do for now. So we got in the golden age. We got three stories. The first one's called Fail Man Danger. Overwhelmed by fan mail, Batman hires his secretary who has a crush on him. So it's a nice little fun little story there. Next one up, we got Batman's guilty neighbor. Bruce's new neighbor, Cal Tremont, is suspected of a series of crimes. Batman and Robin investigate, eventually find out it actually wasn't him. It was actually, I think it was the the cleaner i think it was the cleaner or the nurse spoilers spoilers for a 65 year old story yeah you know what i mean come on guys get it together and the last story titled ace the bat hound batman and robin rescue a drowning dog in the river and after they rescue it the the dog chases the batmobile down and they're like we we we, we gotta we, we can't have we gotta keep them so they throw on throw on a black mask and there you have ace the bat hound so my cbc spotlight batman 92 ace the bat hound uh, if you want to check out the cover and the back pages, you can do that on our Instagram right now. When we post the episode um, logo with the little things we do, if you just scroll over, you're going to see the episode description, and you're also going to see the back and the front and back of. Sam's oh, you're gonna you're CGC gonna love spotlight. the back. Uh, I can't wait. What is it? Just give me a little. Let me a little bit of taste. Let me get a taste. To- Tootsie Roll. Oh my god, Tootsie Roll is yeah. one of the best candies. In, in, in '55, so that's really cool, bro. It's such an, especially the flavored ones. Oh my god, the lemon, the vanilla. Oh, Tootsie Roll's been like <laughs> on their game for over like 50 years, dude. 70 years. That's almost 80 years. <laughs> I was gonna say there's a good trivia. There's a good trivia year question. All right, we got two more things before we get out of here. Uh, I'm gonna hit this one really quick. Did you hear anything about WrestleMania 36? The only thing I know that it was filmed like a week or two prior. I know Edge looked badass. That's all I know. Edge also had a 37-minute last in, last man standing match with Randy Orton, and the entire population wanted to shoot themselves in the head. Damn, that bad, dude! It was so long. It wasn't bad. I mean, they did a they did a clear. I won't call it a nod. They did a clear reference to Chris Benoit hanging himself because they wrapped gym equipment around Edge's neck. 
So uh, oh, they definitely went there. I'm sure Vince loved that. Um, but it ended on top of like this big truck. Edge hit a spear and blah blah blah. It was just long. It wasn't a bad match per se. Yeah, I, I saw I saw little clips of the match. Like it looked good. Like, but I didn't. You know, I didn't watch the whole mania. It, if it's a 37 minute match, well done in a ring. That's one thing. But when you have a last man standing match where the only way to win is to get your opponent to stay down for 10 seconds. There's only so many times you can knock them down, count to nine, have them get up at the last second and still be captivated. So yeah. like after the first 15 minutes, we were all just like on Twitter, we were all talking. We're just like, let's get this shit over with. Yeah. Like it's it, it drug oh, on. Yeah, and that was Edge's big mania return. So uh, hopefully next year with some people in the stands, he can get that big WrestleMania match. Yeah, um, yeah I Again, I think, again, you need people in the audience for this. 16 matches on the card. I won't go through every one of them. I'll just hit the big five highlights for me. Um, some of them low lights, but just things that happened. Um, pretty much all of them high. Uh, the match between Rhea Ripley, who is my favorite female superstar, at least re- from a wrestling perspective, and Charlotte for the NXT title. Charlotte won. and She's now the NXT champion when she's been on main roster for years and has won the belt. Yeah. 10 times. I think that was a misbooking because you have Rhea Ripley who they're trying to make look very strong. She hadn't had the title for a long time, which is okay, but she's a superstar in the making. She came out looking like Vegeta, which was awesome. Um, she had great. Yeah, I, lo- great I love that. Yeah. Great ring attire. And she had a great match with Charlotte. It was a great match, but I think it was booked a little poorly. I mean, I like the thought that Charlotte can now go to NXT and have banger matches with all these NXT superstars and put them over as opposed to just Alexa and Sasha and Bailey and the same people that she's been doing it with for years. So yeah. I like that. But at the same time, I'd have kept the belt off of Rhea then and just had Shayna Baszler or yeah, I think it was Shayna Baszler. Um, just take it. Cause Shayna Baszler was the longest running NXT champion and Rhea Ripley beat her. So that was like this momentous thing. And then only a month or two later to take it off of her, it was like, why didn't you just keep it on Shayna and have Shayna wrestle Charlotte? Because you yeah. had Shayna wrestle, but you had Shayna wrestle Becky, and Becky beat her. So the main roster people just kind of squished NXT, and that that was a little disheartening. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, but Braun Strowman beat Goldberg for the uh, Universal Title. Um, Drew McIntyre beat Brock Lesnar for the WWE Title. Love that. It was and it was a great moment, man. If there were fans there, it would have gotten the loudest pop in years. Like it was a great moment. Yeah, yeah. Anything to see Lesnar lose. I hate Lesnar so much. Yeah, I'm that guy. So it's great yeah. to see him lose. I love Drew. I hope they strap a rocket to him to the moon. Like he's a great, 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 great character. So I love that. I think the real two big things that people were talking about and continue will continue to talk about is the AJ Styles Undertaker Boneyard match. Uh, it was pre-filmed. It was not only just pre-taped, but it was like, edited like a movie. It wasn't like a uh, just a that wrestling sucks. match. No, I loved it. It was great. Oh, you liked it? I loved oh, both wow. of them. Yeah, it was great. And like to see that, like this big cinematic thing. If you can't, like wrestling is all about suspending your disbelief. And, of course, of course. And you know that it's predetermined. You know that it's scripted. You know that it's all in good fun, and they're not really hurting each other. But think of like the '90s when you had those buried alive matches where they had to throw each other in the grave and oh, yeah. on top, or think of like the casket matches. That's what this was, but it was live on location in a graveyard. So I like, I like that. It was undertaker. It works. Right. And it was really cool. And you see the undertaker, his old music hits and this hearse drives into this graveyard. And you're like, Holy shit, this is epic. And then AJ styles pops out of the casket and trolls everybody. 
<laughs> it was awesome. Oh, that, he's that's like, cool. He's like, ha ha, he sucks. That's <laughs> like, dude, that's oh, awesome. Geez. Taker rides his motorcycle in, and then they beat the shit out of each other. And then all of a sudden, other people show up and try to like kill the Undertaker. And Undertaker gets thrown into the grave, and AJ goes to bury the dirt on him. But the Undertaker tr- uh, uh, teleports into the tractor and throws AJ. <laughs> Uh, throws one of AJ's teammates off the roof of a barn and then tombstones another guy on the, on a metal roof and like choke, he choke slammed AJ off of a roof through, uh, through like tables at the bottom. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's crazy. Then that's he, awesome. he buries AJ styles, throws the dirt on top of him. And then they cut to the, the grave and there's just one of AJ styles hands sticking out of the dirt. Like it was like a desperate move. It was a really good, fun di- diversion it was different and what it did really was protect undertaker like it gave him five more years of wrestling because it was pre-taped they could take their time with it they could do it in multiple takes like yeah because he can't perform live like he used exactly to. so it let him have a few more matches if he does like a graveyard match like that every year for the next two or three years that's fine because he can still have his big spots and moments and he yeah. doesn't have to be like great live so it was great and then the other one, the biggest talking point of the entire two-week or two-night thing, besides the fact that Rob Gronkowski hosted it and is now your twenty-four, oh, yeah. he is now your twenty-four-seven champion. Oh God! It's all that was awful. That was purely awful. Was uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus John Cena in a pre-taped Firefly Funhouse match? And I could go on this one for an hour. I could get Simmons on here and we could talk for two hours about this match, but. At, at the crux of it, if you're not a wrestling fan, this match won't do it for you because it was not really a match. It was more like a, an event, more like a movie almost. And what it did was John Cena in at WrestleMania 30 beat Bray Wyatt. And it was supposed to be Bray Wyatt's coming out party, but John Cena didn't want to lose. So he actually kind of took creative control over the match and he had an opportunity to turn heel and he didn't want to do it. So he actually beat Bray as opposed to losing to him. And that ruined Bray Wyatt's career for a long time. So what these two decided to do was um, Bray Wyatt gets John Cena to come into the Firefly Funhouse and exits the door uh, of the Funhouse and then ends up back at his first ever match versus Kurt Angle in 2002. And they relive that. And then they go flash forward to these other events in John Cena's career, which he wishes he could have redone. Yeah. And like they do it from this like psychological angle where Bray Wyatt's always playing the opposite person, whether it's Kurt Angle, Eric Bischoff himself, like it's it was really, really well done. And they basically go through John Cena's career of man, what I wish could be different about it. And it was fucking brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah, it, it, it sounds interesting. It's different for Cena. And, and at the end, it was like Cena finally decides to they replay the WrestleMania 30 match and where Cena had a chance to hit him with a chair and turn heel and he didn't do it. They replayed it and he finally swings the chair. But Bray Wyatt disappears when he does and he was like, it's too late, John. Now you have to let me in. And he turns into the fiend and he beats him. And it was cool. Oh, that's cool. It was awesome. it was really, really cool, man. And and to to have John Cena, who's a great actor in his own right, like have the creative display and, and kind of put on his acting chops a little bit and have Bray Wyatt who has taken credit and has been given credit for the creative decision and direction behind this match for them to have that together was great. They even went so far as to take Bray Wyatt's Vince McMahon puppet and put uh, horns on it. And they acted like an evil Vince McMahon again. And at the very uh, right in the middle of the match, they cut to this McMahon puppet 
as an announcer and he goes, this is such good shit. <laughs> and they didn't That's even bleep good. it out. So it was cool. Uh, but that was Mania 36, two nights. It's a Mania we'll never forget because it was shot pre-taped in front of no fans. And it had two different cinematic pre-taped movie style matches. So overall, I was very pleased. It was a great distraction for six hours over two nights. Um, Ashley, you know, watched the whole thing with me both nights. So it was nice for us to forget about everything going on for a little while yeah. and enjoy some yeah. wrestling for once. Because WWE has been pretty tough to watch lately. So happy that we were able to watch something and enjoy it. Yeah, now, I'm just glad you liked it. Last story of the night. This Lego Super Mario has been fully unveiled. It's coming out August 1st. The starter set is $60. The Piranha Plan is $30. And Bowser's Castle is $100. We, if you're like, what the hell are you talking about? We have a video of it on our Facebook page right now. The full unveiling trailer of this. It's an interactive Lego set where Mario actually kind of comes alive. That's awesome. Did you see it yet? Oh, of course I see it. Between, between you and uh, Sean, are you kidding me? Yeah, and, and Sean and Ryan Simmons got into a nice little argument. Oh, my. Dude, I saw like 30 comments. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll let them just go at it. It was it was fun. I chimed in once when Ryan asked for the price. Dude. I was like, all right, I'll jump in once. Here's the price point. I just let him go. I didn't even jump in. That's it, man. And it was so much fun to watch this trailer because it's not just a normal Lego set that you put together, put on your shelf and never touch it again. You build a, a, Mar- a small Mario course out of Legos. Mario actually has video eyes. He has a little like video screen on his chest and he interacts. When you jump on a Goomba, it makes the sound. When you hit a question block, you hear that coin pop sound. And like when you get hit, he goes, Oh, so it's like a fully interactive Mario yeah. set, but you build it out of Legos. I'm in dude. I'm a hundred percent in. Dude, you got to give it to Lego. They come up with the neat ideas. You can pre-order it right now, the starter pack, $60. You go on Lego's website. You can just pre-order it. It'll ship August 1st. If you want to guarantee yourself a copy of it or a, a box of it, go pre-order it because this thing is going to sell like hotcakes, and I guarantee it's going to be sold out places for a while. Yeah, and it's a lot cheaper than the Batmobile was. <sighs> what was that, a couple hundred? One eighty. I think it was either I think it was 250 or three. God bless you. Uh, that was it for episode 181, a nice shorter episode for everybody, about an hour and five hour, 10 minutes. So, uh, you know, thank you for, for being with us this week. And again, make sure to check out on Easter Monday, the day after Easter, the Austin Reese bonus episode interview with Austin Reese from Reese's Rare Comics. Again, thanks to Austin for coming on the show. You heard his voice at the top of the show uh, during our intro. That was it for episode 181. Sam, anything final you want to add before we get out of here? Just say, hey, everyone, stay home and stay safe. Let's just get through this together one day at a time. All right, everybody, we'll see you next week for episode 182. Glad we didn't get disconnected. Hey!